good evening. Almost seven o'clock on a Sunday. So the weekend's over. I hope everyone had a great week. I hope everyone was productive. And if you worked, well then, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know what to tell you on that. Well, you worked. You know, some people do work. They work like seven days out of the week. They just nonstop working. You need to take a break with that too. And I've touched, I've touched on that too. Let me give you an example here. And I've actually put a poll of this up on LinkedIn and it got a good response. What is more important in your life, your family or your job? And I and 100% of the people said your family. Family comes first, then work. If you put work before your family, there's going to be tension. I'll give you an example. When I was growing up, I said my father had two jobs. And he gave up the nightclub job because, again, the boss, I think, accused him of something. So he, and he didn't get along. He didn't get along with the manager. So he said, you know, I'm going to quit this job. I'll just have the job that I have at the factory. He was able to spend time with us as a family. And we would take trips together. We would do things together as a family. And I thought, okay, great. Because he never really, you know, he never brought his work home with him like some people do. You think in this day and age, keep your work at work and you focus on your family. If you go into a traditional marriage setting, the family comes first, no matter what. Your wife, your children, your husband, they come first. Work comes second. And that's how it should be. Because when, again, when you put work in front of your family, there's going to be tension. There's going to be all of this, um, this fighting. There's going to be a lot of that going on. And to be honest with you, you know, if I was saying, and I was saying in my lifetime that if I ever got married, I would want my husband to be first in my life with my children. My work comes second. That's how it should be. You go back to a time when you grew up. Like I said, my father had two jobs. He quit the one job. He left because, again, they accused him of something. They thought that he was stealing or something like that. I'm like, boy, you've been there loyally. You went into work. You did your job. You were a hard worker and they accused you of that. They didn't have any proof. They didn't have any proof. And so, but he didn't get along with the manager. They never saw eye to eye. So he's like, you know what? I'm done with this. So he was able to spend time with us on the weekend. And I got to spend good quality father-daughter time with him. You know, short-lived that it was, because I didn't know he was going to pass away at the age of 63, and I was 21. That was like, that came out of left field. Um, but anyway, so let's talk about marriage. Now, in marriage, your husband or wife and your children come first. They come first. I don't care what anybody says. Yes, you may have a good job. What happens, okay, and, and I think I've seen this too. What if you, you, you meet with, you, know, you, you, you get married and you work alongside of your husband. You both go to work together. But you know that work is separate from the personal life. Because you've got to separate the two. You can't keep them together. Because again, even sometimes when you think, well, a husband and wife, they work together. Say they have their own company. And that's wonderful. So you leave work at work and your personal life stays out of work. Because when you bring your personal life into your work life and then there's tension, that's not good either. Okay. So I like to think we could work together, but we also, okay, we're going to focus on work and the job at hand. Then we're going to talk about our personal life. When we leave there to go home together, which is a beautiful feeling, then we focus on our time alone and then when we have our children we have our family time 
Because again, you cannot combine work with it. Sometimes there's conflict with that. There's conflict with that. That's why I say that, you know, a lot of people nowadays are workaholics. And a lot of marriages disintegrate because of that. Because you think to yourself, wow, you know, there's tension in my family. They're not wanting to talk to me. Well, no, because, you know, you work, what, eight-hour day? Depending on what it is you do in your field, in your occupation. But why would you want to bring your work home when you have your family waiting for you? They haven't seen you all day. They want to spend time with you, but yet you're so caught up with whatever it is that you're doing. Stop focusing on that. Live life. You know, they say that life is short and the time that you have on this earth is limited, right? Well, if you have a family, put them first. Put them first. Put them put them at the top. Work stays at work. Family life is at home. You keep the two separate. If you keep bringing in work home with you, your family's going to resent you. There's going to be fighting. There's going to be tension. And it's not fair. And children, when children see mom and dad fighting over that, they're thinking, oh, my God, you know, dad, we never see him because he's always working and mom's working. And, and when, when they come home, it's like then they bring their work home with them. So it's like you leave your office to come home to your family, but you bring your work with you. What's up with that? My father never did that. See, now my father, yes, I never saw him when I was younger. And, and again, he, he gave us a good life by working two jobs. But the second job, it was too much for him. And of course, again, he got accused of something he didn't do. And I thought that was wrong. And, but he made time for us. We went on these family trips together. I can remember the trips that we went. We went to Greece when I was nine years old. We went there for the summer vacation, three months, three months. Then we went to Canada, Niagara Falls, when I was in my early teens. We went to some amusement park, which you know, wasn't that exciting. <laughs> I wasn't really crazy about that, but that was a really unusual experience, too. Um, and then, you know, we, we just went on these different trips before he passed, but we spent time together as a family, which as it should. He never once said, I'm going to bring my work home. Now, he worked in a factory, so... The work that he did, really, you couldn't bring that work home with you. But if you work in an office or whatever and you have to bring paperwork home, leave it at the office and spend time with your family. What's the point of having a family, a husband or a wife, if you're always constantly in work mode? Where's that quality time? That's where marriage disintegrates. Think of it in those terms, the marriage disintegrates when you start doing that. That's why I don't understand the mentality of work here. When you're off the clock, you're off the clock. That's it. You don't even think about think about work when you're going into work, and then you think, "Well, I've got to tackle this. I got to do this. I got to do this." Not at the time when you have to spend with your family and think, "Oh, well, you know, my family doesn't see me at all." That's not good. It's not good. Um, so I just wanted to get that part off my chest. Now I'm gonna focus on healthcare because when I did that. Um, LinkedIn live presentation of telling my story to the world and showing my battle scar. We touched on healthcare. Why is the healthcare in certain parts of the world, like for example, in underdeveloped countries, if you have to have an operation or you have to have surgery, because they don't have the life-saving equipment, because they don't have the proper equipment to do that, you have to go to another country. What's up with that? That's what I'm talking about. We have to tackle that. Why? Because think of it this way. By the time that person gets that life-saving operation or the, or the surgery, for them to travel to another country, what happens if they die in the process? Then what? 
Then what? Whose fault is that? You know whose fault it is? The doctor who sent you. He couldn't treat you himself because we don't have that special equipment to save your life. So now you have to fork over money for plane fare, airfare, to get to this country. Then you got to do other type of payment for them to do the operation. By the time they do that, what happens if the person drops dead? Then what? That's why I think the healthcare in the system is just ridiculous. That's just my personal opinion. Um, and the reason why I say that, let's look at Canada. If you were to be a citizen, if you're a resident of Canada, you get free health care. There's only a, one downfall with that, though. You may get free health care, but if you need an operation, if you need um, surgery of some kind, you have to go out into another part of the world to get it. Why is that? I don't See, I don't understand that. Now, here in America, you have health insurance. And health insurance, you can do your surgery and whatever you need to do. But... I still believe that because of all these people, healthcare insurance alone, I try to buy a plan for myself, expensive. The only way I can get healthcare is if I physically have it through a job. That's the only way. I tried doing it on my own and I couldn't do it. It's too expensive. Even for like the basic plan, 500 a month. Who has that kind of money? You know, on top of all the bills that I have and, the, and taking care of this house and the insurance, I, I, I can't afford it. Now, unless you're a millionaire and you get your own private doctor and your private insurance, you're set for life. Not everybody has that option. And that's why I think they should make it in the parts of the world that are poor. That, in, in all honesty, when people are dying in it, that really bothers me. Because I'm, I'm thinking, how are you treating? If, you're, if you have cancer, you need to be under a doctor's care. Now, I understand why they want, don't want to go to a doctor down there. Because once you walk in, guess what the doctor asks you? Where's my payment? Well, wait a minute. What do you mean, where's my payment? Excuse me? You didn't even treat them. So how can you expect them to pay if you didn't treat them? That's backwards. They don't do that here. If they did do that here, I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't. I'll, I'll go someplace else. You're not going to treat me. You're not going to save my life. I'll go someplace else. Because they're not supposed to do that. So anyway, um, that's what I don't understand. I really, 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 really don't understand that. You're asking for payment before you do anything. If I were the family, I would say, no, no. You are going to treat them, then we'll talk about payment. Because again, you don't put a price tag on someone's life. I'm sorry. That's what you're doing. See, that's why when you look at a doctor or anybody in the medical profession, dollar signs. When am I going to get that big payment? Well, you're not going to get that payment from me unless you treat me first. I'm sorry. I'm standing my ground here. If you have a family that's struggling right now, a father doesn't have a decent job. He's trying to put a roof over the, over, over um, his family's head. He's trying to provide for his children. He barely has enough to, you know, make that make that happen because of the job that he has. Because there are not there are many jobs out there that don't pay as well. Okay. Now you have to think about your family. If somebody in your family is sick and has an illness like cancer, how are they being treated? Again, you cannot treat the illness on your own. That's why the healthcare system needs to be improved. Well, my pro my proposal is I think we should give free healthcare for the people who for the lower income families. Give them a payment plan, a very affordable payment plan they pay over time. Not oh, you know what? I'm not going to treat you because you didn't pay me first. Well, I'm sorry then. 
if that's how you treat your patients, you know, you're going to have a lot of complaints from a lot of people. And if a person dies, that's going to come right back to you because you refuse treatment. You want a payment first. For what? You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. I stand my ground. I can stand right there beside the family and say, if you don't treat this person and save their life, then you're not going to get paid. You don't ask someone, give me money first before I could treat you. Do you know how backwards that is? That's very shameful on your part. So you don't value a person's life. So what are you in the medical profession for? You must be in the wrong field if that's what you, you know, you don't seem to care. And that's what bothers me. Why we need to do something about that. If get, get the World Trade Organization and tell them, look, this is a situation of what's going on. Now look at me. I was able to tell my story and I was able to get that treatment. They didn't ask me once, can you pay this? I got the bill after my life was saving, after I was treated, not before. You don't do that to a family who's struggling at this moment. Think of the family's needs. Put yourself in their shoes. Oh, I forgot. You can't because you're a doctor. You're living the rich lifestyle. You have no care in the world. If it was somebody in your own family, what would they? They would get first come, first serve, that type of treatment, special treatment. That's not fair either. I'm sorry. That is not fair. That's why I say we have to do something. And then one of my missions is that any type of compensation, whether I get it through this podcast, because I'm trying to get sponsorships, I had asked people, I will promote you. If you get me sponsorships, many number of subscribers on here, I will promote you on my podcast. And that way, whatever money I make from this podcast, I'm not going to keep it. I will gladly give it. It's my gift to everybody down there. And not just for illness, not just for medication, not for equipment, but for everything that's being affected down there. Poverty, lack of education, shelter, uh, uh, food, everything and anything that everyone is struggling and, and suffering with at this moment. Because again, in order for us to be positive in a negative world, we have to think in a positive level. Yes, we're all struggling. I will tell you that we are all struggling, but you have to stay focused. You have to be positive. Try to remember this. You will get through every one of those obstacles in your lifetime. In your lifetime, you will get through those obstacles. You will get through them. Why? Well, let's put it this way. If you're always negative and you're struggling, you're not going to get past it. And you're going to keep putting the name blame. You're going to blame others or you're going to say, oh, you know, I'm, I can't do this. I'm a, I'm a failure. I'm this, I'm this, and this. Don't do that to yourself. And certainly do not blame others for your downfall. Okay? Now, again, through this pandemic, you have to be positive. And, and I guess I answered Dr. Charles. I said to him, look, you know, you have to be positive in this world. Think about it in this way. What's the purpose of being negative in a positive world? It won't work. You can't be negative in a positive world. You can be positive in a negative world, but it, you can't, it doesn't work the other way. It won't work. Because who wants to be around someone who's always down on themselves? Who wants to be someone who's always constantly, you know, attacking others and, and blaming everybody for their downfall? Whatever you put, you did it to yourself. But you can get out of it. If, if a family is struggling right now to make ends meet, there's always that light at the end of the tunnel. There's always that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. If I have to say to you, and I'm think of it in this terms of, you know, we can get through life, but we have to stay focused and we have to be positively focused because that's what we need to do. If we don't, oh well, you know. But I will tell you one thing. You have to stay focused. 
can't let your guard down. And you always have to say to yourself, yes, I'm struggling right now. And yes, things might not be going my way, but you will get there. You have to be patient. I've been told by that from people. Sometimes I can. It's just like I want things too quickly, too fast, too soon. Like me, I'm trying to get attention, but maybe I'm focusing too much. Maybe I should focus on something. Now, I was thinking of doing a YouTube video. Will that will that work? Well, what can I talk about? I could talk about my life story in sections, in chapters. I dealt with my father's death. I, I, I got assaulted. I tried killing myself twice. Uh, I, I got involved with an abusive ex, was tortured for five years verbally and physically, and then he had tortured me again, going through my cancer. I fought my cancer. I went through so many different relationships, bad relationships, and guess what? I found the guy of my dreams. You know how we connected? Through God, because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have connected. We wouldn't have connected. I think of it in those terms. We wouldn't have connected. But anyway, it's just, it's, it's the craziness of it all. It's the craziness. We're living in a crazy world in crazy times. And you think of, okay, well now on social media, I have to be like this. What do you mean you have to be? You have to be like what? Like everybody, everybody who's living the fake phony life? Do you think that people are happy though? Generally happy? Just because you see happiness on these social media platforms doesn't mean that people are happy. Do you know that even the happiest people have some type of an issue going on? But they're not revealing it to the world because they're keeping it quiet. They're hiding behind a false facade. Why don't you be true to yourself? Show off your true emotions. Make a video and tell people what you're feeling right now. You're not, you may not get likes right away, and who cares? But somebody out of the millions of people will see that video and say, oh my God, look at her. She's showing her, she's telling her story. She's showing what she went through to make a point for other people. And she's also showing raw emotion. People want to see that. They don't want to hear it through a podcast because again, I could cry and show emotion, but no one's going to see it. They're gonna hear my voice and they may wanna cry along with me, but they won't. People wanna see on a video what your true emotions are at that time. And you'd be surprised there are a lot of compassionate people in this world, but then again, there's a lot of people that are not so compassionate. So what, who cares? You're not out there to please the whole world. Now, you may wanna get the attention of maybe one or two people, or you might do it for a group of people. I have the idea that I want to present. I'm just trying to figure out how to work it. Now, I don't have a creative side to me, and I know that I'm not artistic. But again, I can think of the idea and the suggestion, put it up there on a big billboard or a platform of some sort, and do it that way. Coils for cancer. That's what it's called. So I wear these coil bracelets, okay? They used to be key rings. You take the key rings off, they become bracelets. Think of it this way. When you're going through the illness, some people always have some type of sentimental object that keeps them, like they could have a lucky charm or some kind of a charm bracelet. Well, these coils, for me, mean something. Now, I'm wearing three colors. I'm wearing black, purple, and gold, okay? Well, purple and gold, I like, I'm, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Black, purple, and blue, not gold. Because I don't think you can find a gold coil bracelet. Even if you tried, you probably would have to make one. Um, and so these have a significance in my life. 
the colors. Now you can wear any color. It doesn't have to be anything if it means something to you, if you have a favorite color or a combination of colors. So I keep these as a reminder of what I've been through and the struggles in life. And I say to myself, I say to myself, hey, look, yes, life is difficult. But again, we cannot stay negative in a positive world. We have to be positive in a negative world because we don't want negativity surrounding you. When there's people surrounding you and putting like negative vibes on you, you're never going to get past that. You're always going to be down at the bottom. And who wants to be stuck at the bottom? I certainly don't. At one time, and that's why I said my illness changed who I was as a person. I did a 180 completely. In other words, I'm not saying I was grateful that I got cancer, but I did change my personality and how I viewed people and situations. And sometimes you need an illness to kind of make you reflect on that. You know, it used to be where I was shy, I didn't talk to anybody, I got bullied, this and that. Then after I had the illness, I started opening up to people. And believe it or not, when I was in the hospital that first time, I just started talking to people. Normally, I would not have talked to anybody. I wouldn't even make conversation or eye contact. But guess what? I did it. And I don't know, maybe because when I fought the disease, I came out a warrior, a strong woman warrior at that, because it was a war against me and a disease, a disease that could have taken my life. But guess what? We got a second chance at life. And look at me now, I'm still going strong. But for all those people out there right now in a third world part of the world that don't have that type of, of, of um, luck, Again, how are you treating the illness if, you don't, if you're not under a doctor's care? And I understand. I come under, completely understand. If like, I put myself in your shoes, I will go with you. Will, we will go together and we'll see what's going to happen. If the doctor doesn't treat you, what's he going to say to me? You're going to ask me for payment? You are not getting your payment until you treat them. That's the base. You were, as a doctor, you have, uh, you went under, uh, under oath. You swore oath that you would save people's lives. You don't ask for payment of any kind. You just don't. Think of it this way. What if it's your own family that was struggling right now to make ends meet? Now, you know the types of jobs that are down there are not enough to cover a doctor's bills. And doctors tremendously, with the ridiculous amounts of money. I remember when I went for x-rays. I couldn't believe it. I, I was like $800, $900 for x-rays? And nothing was broken, but yet they charged, They took x-ray after x-ray after x-ray. I was like, wow, that is expensive. I'm like, my God. Then you figured if you had health insurance, it'll cover a portion of it, but you still have to pay the full amount. So what, what's up with that too? That's why I think if we can bring affordable health care down there and also help out with the equipment, life-saving equipment, all that medication, the chemotherapy, radiation, again, because that's what's needed to kill off the cancer cells. You're not going to do it any other way. I'm sorry to say it. And if you're going to try to treat yourself, I'm sorry to be morbid, but you're slowly killing yourself. Because how are you treating this cancer without that? You're not. You're slowly dying. That's like a, a slow form of suicide. You're slowly killing yourself. And your family can't do anything. They're helpless. They're watching you die. See the effect it has on your children. And you think to yourself, well, I don't want, what if my children get sick? What if I had to take them to the hospital and they needed something right away? What's going to happen? Am I going to get the same treatment? Is a doctor going to say to me, well, I can't treat your child until you pay? Oh, no, 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 no. You will treat my child. You will make them better. Then we will talk about payment. You will set up a payment plan for people who can't afford it. Because not everybody is rich. And even the very rich, and I'm sorry to say it, even the very rich have their own private doctor, private hospital. 
Because again, not everybody can afford that payment. I'm sorry. Doctors' health care costs are soaring. Even in this part of the world, if you, even if you have insurance, insurance covers maybe a, a percentage of it, you're still going to pay out of your pocket. When I went through my health care my, for my illness, uh, yeah, I went and paid a small deductible. The insurance covered the rest of it. But still, they didn't come to me and say, well, we can't treat you first until you give us payment. They didn't say that. So I got my treatment. And then when everything was well said and done, I saw the bill and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money. But again, if you have insurance, it helps. Now, sometimes if you don't have insurance, how do you pay for it? Well, they have to give you some type of a payment plan. They can't expect you to pay everything all at once. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Sorry to say it. So that's why I say um, we have to do something down there. And, And again, I feel for the people who are sick. I feel for the people who are dying in silence. Um, and, and again, it's not just breast cancer, it's all cancer. You need to be under a doctor's care, but if you can't even go into the doctor to get that treatment and you get confronted with, well, we have, you have to pay us before we can treat you, I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no, no, no. If you're a doctor, you treat. You treat, you save that person's life. You don't play Russian roulette with someone's life. You don't put a price tag on a human being. You just don't do that. Who does that? What, and then I would consider you to be a maniacal doctor if you do that. You ever seen the movie with the doctor as the villain? You know, he won't treat the patient, but he'll have that, ha-ha, I will not treat you until you give me this amount of money. It's like he's putting ransom over your life. Think about it. Who can do that? That's just terrible. I'm sorry to say it. That is horrible. But anyway, so we have to do something. I'm going to make it a mission to do it at this point. Hopefully by next year sometime. I can't tell you exactly when, but hopefully next year. Because it's been weighing on my mind. You know, I don't want any type of compensation at all. If I ever get like a check for this amount of money, well, that's my gift to all of you. You can do what you need to do to get that critical care, the critical medicine, the, the equipment, and then everything else, uh, feeding the children, providing a better education, providing shelter, all that is needed. We want to bring that part of the world light again. Life, light, not darkness, not death. Because really, who wants to see that? Do you want to bury somebody else? No. You want to save someone's life, have a big celebration. You know, we need that. And in other parts of the world, you think, well, if it can be done there, it can be done here. But again, every part of the world is different. And if you you see people struggling, you can't turn your back on them. What kind of a human being would you be if you did that? We all have to have that caring part of our lives. We all have to give. That's why I said humble people are the people we associate with. Well, I associate with because I'm humble. Compassionate giving, it comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. Compassionate giving. So anyway... Um, I'm going to let you guys go because it's uh, almost 7.30. And I'm going to say, be positive in a negative world. That's my new mantra. Be positive in a negative world. Stay focused. You will get through these obstacles. You will get through these struggles. You just have to believe in yourself. Don't name blame. Don't blame others for your downfall. You will get through it. It takes time. Yes, you will fail. Yes, you will make mistakes. That's part of being human. Okay? Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Don't let someone dictate what you should or shouldn't do. You know what's good for you, but you will get through it. You just have to stay focused, stay positive. So I'm going to say God bless all of you. Be strong. Stay safe. Have a great week ahead. 